When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Yes, and top of the third hour, we're going to preview, try to get a winner, find a winner for you in this uh, grand final on Sunday. But it's time for Movie of the Week. And we are today, without doubt, one of the greatest Australian films of all time. It made Mel Gibson an international star. The Kennedy Miller classic, Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior. Greetings from the humongous, the Lord humongous, the Ayatollah of rock and roller. I am gravely disappointed. Again, you have made me unleash my dogs of all. Now, my prisoners say... You plan to take your gasoline out of the wasteland. What a puny plan. We are here for a purpose. We come with an upper. No. We go in. We Oh, the humongous. Oh, man. Now, that's a guy I'd like to live next door to. Now, <laughs> Liam Alexander, welcome. You're in the studio, I'm brother. I'm Maddie. I'm so used to doing this from my car, so it's, uh, it's good to be in It's here. great to have you in. Congratulations, mate. Well, not congratulations. Thank you for all the stuff you've done oh, the last thanks. couple of years. It's been outstanding, mate. Nah, I love doing it. I love talking about movies. So, What about this movie? I think it symbolises the tough, gritty action films Australia was known for in the 80s. Yeah, 100%. I love the first Mad Max, but I think... Mad Max 2 is, it betters it in nearly every single way. I think Miller's direction is better. And I think Mel Gibson as a car- as an actor really comes into his own in this do, one. Do you know what's funny, Liam, is that, you know, being a child of the 80s, is that this movie was the first one that really hit the mainstream. It, it was almost like, and boys, you know, Webby, I don't know if you'd agree with me here, but it was like Mad Max 2 came out first and you're going, well, hang on, what about Mad Max 1? And then... Sort of Mad Max 1 caught fire off the back of How Successful 2. Was, it was almost like the prequel thing. Gotcha. Yeah. I thought, I reckon the thing that stands out for me, no, like having watched so much CGI in the last few years, like the stunts were unbelievable. Yeah. It was so real because it was real. I, I reckon, I've got a feeling Quentin Tarantino would love this movie. Oh, like Mad Max 2 for some reason is like the obsession of every action filmmaker. James Cameron was like so inspired by this one. He named the dog in T2, Max, after him. Uh-huh. Uh, Del Toro loves it. Spielberg got George Miller to come to America to direct The Twilight Zone after watching this. So I think American filmmakers, for some reason, are just obsessed with it. The screenplay was written by a guy called Terry Hayes. Uh, he wrote Mad Max uh, 1, 2, Mad Max 3. Not a lot of films now. In the last decade, Terry ha- uh, Hayes has become a world-renowned writer. He actually wrote a book called... I Am Pilgrim, which is one of the most popular, you know, books on the planet, which I believe is going to be turned into a film. But it, it, it's 
for Liam, we'll take a step back. For people that haven't seen it, the plot. Yeah, I'm so interested in what you say. <laughs> it's a hard one to describe. It's, so it's set in the wasteland. Um, I don't know how many years it picks up after the original, but Max, who was the former policeman, is a, a drifter now. He's just looking for food and petrol and, and water. And basically he stumbles upon this oil refinery, uh, these little villages, and he decides to help them uh, because they're under siege by these... Um, uh, motorbike warlords led by who we just heard, um, Lord Humongous. So he's got to help them get their oil out of there and flee through the desert. Man, and that's basically the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the a, end. Yeah, I, I, I love the, like, I watched the original more than I do Mad Max 2. Mad Max 2, in my opinion, and Mad Max 3 are just masterpieces. There's something about Mad Max 1 I love. I almost believe, I, I sort of think that in the, that the villains in Mad Max 1 are more threatening because they're more believable. Yeah, the toe cutter. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the night rider. I yeah. am the night rider. <laughs> I'm a fuel-injected suicide machine. <laughs> um, boys, some trivia in this in the making. Uh, well, you talk about how um, uh, you think Mad Max 2 came out first. When Mad Max 2 came out, Mel Gibson was unknown in America. So, and same thing, Mad Max, Mad Max original was relatively unknown. It was only the diehards like Tarantino and stuff that actually knew about it. So, Mad Max 2, the way they, um, they marketed the film over there was it basically showed all the stunts from the film. They said, this is Mad Max 2. And that's what people thought. People went, oh, what's this movie? And it's a sequel. So that's the first time. 200 stunts in it. 200. Can, um, how do I ask this? How do I frame Just this? say it, baby. Pretty gay. <laughs> <laughs> no. Pretty gay. <laughs> One's the same. I've got a theory on this. I've got a theory on this, Webby, and I said to Liam last night, I think in a lot of the characters they made sort of campy because it accentuated what they wanted Max to be. That sort of hardcore macho. I, gotcha. always, I always saw it as like it's the complete, like what he's trying to say was it was a complete breakdown of society where it didn't really matter what, like it's almost like I've read prison that. I've read where that. Where it's yeah. just in the post-apocalyptic world, gender and sexuality they don't exist, man. Well, yeah. well the, the just... police chief in the first one, you know, he's he's yeah. smoking <laughs> a cigarette and he's got the he's got the cravat on with no shirt yeah. and leather, and he goes, you know, you're the best, Rockastansky. Let's go back to Lord Humongous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you know he was a, a Olympic? He was a Swedish. Olympic weightlifter, really in, in real life. But it's humongous. almost like it's like Friday the Thirteenth with the ski mask yeah. meets He Man, and they're all <laughs> wearing like leather tight belts. Yeah, but that's like... a real S and M sort of <laughs> apparently. Well, look, and, and we're... as opposed to H H&M. and <laughs> and it's great because the guy um, Wes, who you heard also on that clip, you know, we go in, we go in. He went on to play the villain in Commando with Schwarzenegger. Obviously, yeah, right. Schwarzenegger. He's Bennett. And of course, he wears the chainmail <laughs> yes. in Commando. So yes. he really liked his heavy metal oh. costume. So what was doing with the, um, like the little guy on the back of the bike? Yes, that's the one. The yeah. blonde-headed guy, like the little twinkie sort his, of guy. That was his um, his lover, his his, his love interest, yeah. his pet oh. kind of thing. Leave him any other trivia. Like, it's interesting. In well, Webby was talking about, like, I think the best performers nearly are the stunt people because, like, the stunts in this movie are, like, unprecedented. At the time, I think that that end chase where they have to flip the truck, they told the stunt man to fast for 12 hours beforehand 
because they were worried that he'd have to go straight into surgery afterwards. Mate, that is <laughs> so, dedication to the yeah, What? The, the yeah. stunt people are the, are the heroes of this film. Because when the truck rolls at the end, that's you think that's... That's what that's I mean real. by no CGI. Yeah, no, like no. you go, holy hell, that's and, the, and there is happened. there is a scene where one of the guys gets clipped, and he sort of does he the cut. flip. That actually happened, so that wasn't planned. And when George Milley said, we went, ooh, ooh, okay, yeah, put it in. So where's it shot? Wow. Is it shot like in the outback? Broken, Broken Hill. Hill. Broken yeah. Hill. Oh, but don't you reckon it's stunning? Like those. Yeah. So, so if you, if you go, so if you go west of Broken Hill, there's a little town called Silverton. So the Silverton Hotel, which is famous for a whole bunch of Australian films, Razorback, the the mm. pub in Razorback. Oh, and stuff. Right. But there, there's a guy out there, an Englishman, who is a, is a Yorkie that is obsessed with the Mad Max movies. And he's built the Mad Max Museum out there mm. where there's a Ford Interceptor and all the little um, cars that they drive, right. the little sort of, you know. Interesting. They're going to film Fury Road at Broken Hill. But in the lead up to it, it just had lots of rain and all of a sudden everything was yeah, lush. Yeah, flowers. So they had to go to Namibia to do it. Oh, a couple yeah. of the peripheral <laughs> characters, uh, Angry Anderson, I loved his Iron Bar, and he was outstanding in, in Beyond Thunderdome. Really good, Angry. Emil Minty, who plays the feral kid. Now, he works at Chris Lewis, the jeweler in Gladesville. What? Yes. What? Yes. Oh, so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Do you, you have the silver boomerang with the uh, with the edge on it? Yes. He works uh, as a jeweler in in Gladesville. One of the, one of the facts I always knew about it is the the blonde haired girl, Aki uh, Whiteley. That's Brett Whiteley's daughter. Is it really? Yeah. So the young young attractive girl. She oh. she passed she passed away a couple of years ago. But wow. she um that's Brett Whiteley's daughter. Okay, guys, a question for you, Liam. Oh, yeah. So we got Aussie Mel. No, no, Mad Max, and you got Aussie Mel, Lethal Weapon. Who wins that fight? Ooh. Ooh. I reckon Max. Oh, Max, oh, yeah. Max, is, Max is a barter. Yeah, ass. Max is used to scrapping around. I think he, he, he gets him. beaten up. Max gets beaten up. Oh, he's so good. Like, but he's, he's, so good. he's really cool in it. Like, yeah. he's just got that real Aussie sort of yeah. like laconic. Dry sense of humour. I reckon that's it's, well, it's, you, it's you, really you, funny. You say you say laconic. How many lines of dialogue you reckon Mel Gibson had in the film? Oh, not many. Sixteen. Yeah. Wow. And one of those is repeated. Yeah. I came for. <laughs> I only came for gasoline. Came he for says it twice. <laughs> and what about Cookie from Country Practice? Who's in it? Isn't that weird? Uh, Stork, who does the, <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the helicopter. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's. Oh, I love the, one of the opening scenes. Well, the opening scene in Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, where he just sort of wakes up. And they, you know, got the long hair, and they cut his hair, yeah. you know, and off he wanders it's... towards Thunderdome. So I become a bit of two a... men and a one man. Well, leave. I end up after after watching Mad Max two last time. I started watching Mad Max three. Yeah. God, Tina. God, Tina rocks it in it, doesn't she? Tina Turner, how <laughs> good is ageless. she? Well, that was like Mad Max three only came about because George Miller went to write a reimagining of Peter Pan and the Lost Boys. Right, and because of that, and then he went, oh, I'll just make it Mad Max 3, and just retitled it. <laughs> so hence why that whole storyline, there's the, yeah, you know, kids. he discovers the kids awesome. that are living there. And, it's yeah. awesome. George Miller, I heard him interview once, and I just think I, I was inspired by it. I just thought it was when he's talking about Australian cinema, and I think sometimes where did those great movies come from? And he t spoke about that, and he said, you've got to understand, he said, back in the day, we understood what the common – Australian wanted to watch. He said, because the pub was the gathering, you know, where everyone gathered. On a Friday, on a Saturday, he said, you had the crooks, you had the coppers, you had the sports people, you had the lawyers, the solicitors, he said, and the, the filmmakers. Reporters. And everyone was there. 
And he said, and it was a place of storytelling. Yeah. And he said, that's where you picked up the great Australian stories. That's Which true. I think is very nice. That's exactly there's a, right. There's a, there's a new one on the horizon, boys. There's a new one on the horizon. What, there's another a, Mad Max? Yeah. yeah. Furiosa. Oh, yeah, right. It's filming it right, filming it right now. Yeah. Tom Chris Hardy Hattie. and... Uh, Anna Taylor-Joy. Because mm. he... Charlize uh, Theron. Queen's Gambit. And uh, <laughs> Je- uh, Tom Hardy didn't get on. No. So that's why Tom Hardy isn't back. They yeah, didn't get they, on. They hated each other. Our makeup girls did... At, at work, did it, and they said mm, things were very testy at the, um, basically, you know, the breakup uh, party. Who, who was to blame? Who was to blame? Party. Um, I like Tom Hardy. I yeah, love Tom Hardy. He's, got, he's a good guy. He's I a love him. Jiu-Jitsu champion now. Love him. Warrior is one of the best fight films oh, so of all good. time. Liam, everyone out of a hundred. Oh. Uh, 90 for Mad Max 2, yeah. I reckon. 98. Oh, yeah, 100. Ooh, I'm going to go 100. Oh, 100. Yeah. 100. Wow. <laughs> Nadia Comaneci, 101. <laughs> I'll tell you what we're going to do. It's a post-apocalyptic classic. So after the break, right, what we're going to do is 3 to 1, best uh, post, po- post-apocalyptic. That's really hard to say. <laughs> Films. Stay with us.